Today is Friday, July 8th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Are Democrats losing faith in President Biden's ability to lead America through this economic crisis? We'll have that top story and more on today's Quick Start podcast, where we aim to bring you the news of the day from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, you can help us subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, share it with a friend, all that good stuff. Let's get through the news of the Cray together. And uh, again, you can email us at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Friday is here, and so are Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday. As always, we've carried <laughs> yes. you all through the week. We exactly. have done it. What a transition. I love that Friday is here, and so are we. <laughs> <laughs> and so are we. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. It's amazing. I mean, this podcast guarantees it's science every time. Take the quick start challenge. Listen to the pod for two weeks. We'll get you through your week faster. It's just, it's, it's science. I, I can't explain it. Look, I'm not an expert. All I know is it, it happens. But anyway, we got a lot coming up on the podcast today. On the main thing, we're going to cover that inflation that I talked about at the top there. John Stolness is going to take a closer look at these key economic indicators and what they're signaling that's ahead. I mean, are we out of the woods yet on this? So we'll talk about all that coming up on the main thing. But first, let's take a look at the headlines and what we've got cooking over at CBN News. Japan's NHK television says former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died after being shot during a campaign speech yesterday. It was shocking, horrifying video that went viral on social media last night. And he was shot from behind just minutes after he started a campaign speech. He was airlifted to the hospital, but he was pronounced dead at the hospital. He was 67 years old, Japan's longest serving leader before stepping down for health reasons in 2020. Leaders from around the world offering their condolences. Former President Trump weighed in as well on Truth Social and police did arrest the suspected gunman there at the scene of the attack. And we have more details on CBNNews.com. Brittany Griner, the WNBA star, she's being held in Russia on drug charges. She pleaded guilty and could face 10 years in prison. There's a whole backstory there uh, about why she did that, but that story is ongoing. Plus a new Christian school. They got 2,500 new applications as families are fleeing public education in droves. They're calling it a once in a hundred years moment. So that's over on CBN News. Also, actor James Kahn, known for his role in The Godfather, passed away yesterday at age 82. Everyone talks about Godfather, guys, but Misery is underrated. Misery, is, he was phenomenal in that. Also in the program, another good one. I don't know if you guys have a favorite James Kahn, but he's, he's one of those guys. He's just in a lot of great stuff you forget about. Elf. 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 Yeah. yeah. Right. Elf See, I wasn't. My favorite, man. Yeah. Elf's a great one, too. I, ju- I, I just watched that for the first time this year. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> I'd avoided wow. it somehow. I, I mean, I, how? How does yeah, one How do you avoid that? I, I don't so know. Delayed. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be the weird one that doesn't want to watch a movie about an elf, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was great. That was a funny movie. So, but anyway, so obviously people are reacting to that. But I want to start here on this big story that's gaining interest, and there's a lot of debate around it, and it's this altercation that happened, a fatal one, with a between a 51-year-old bodega shop worker and a violent ex-con, and the whole thing was caught on camera. And if you're not familiar with these bodegas in New York, they're these small sort of kind of convenience store kiosks that are set up, and they're built into the sidewalk there, a lot of them. 
and then the worker's like inside the thing and it's and you're just sort of trapped in there and so this violent ex-felon comes in he's 35 years old and he attacks the 51 year old worker and the bodega worker you can see him on the video fights he pulls out a knife pretty big knife he stabbed him a couple times and the guy ends up dying well now he's charged with murder the the bodega worker his name is jose alba and he's being held on rikers island it was initially two hundred fifty thousand dollars bail but now it's reduced to fifty thousand but it's still shocking now that the charges are coming against him once the video kind of shows what happens. Now, maybe there's more information that's yet to come out that we don't know. A lot of people are talking about this because what is going on with the law when you can't defend yourself like this? But what are we missing in this story? Yeah, it feels like there has to be something missing. Do they know each other? So, uh, who knows? Is there some other detail that's not discernible in the footage? And this is why, you know, we've, we've got to be careful, right? We talked about this recently. Um, when, it, when it comes to these cases, we got to wait for all the information. Yes, but I yes. definitely... It definitely seems true because he's not robbing. That doesn't look like he's robbing the thing. Right. It, and, I, and I think, too, in these situations, you have to be careful because you don't know, like, is the person afraid because somebody's come in and they're they're afraid they're going to kill them. And so they react because of the violence that we've seen in big cities like New York recently. Yeah, indeed. Another thing that these kinds of scenarios kind of remind me of is is the fact that we just because we have video of something doesn't mean we actually know what's going on. Right. I think there's this like knee jerk reaction when we see the body cam or the dash cam of a police car and we see the video and it looks like a really bad scenario uh, and that the cop did something very wrong or vice versa, the the victim or assailant did something very wrong. Uh, when in reality, it, that might not actually be what happened at all because you can't see that, that small amount of space in the periphery maybe that's, that's not in the shot. So uh, it's great to have that footage. I'm glad we do. Um, but it still doesn't paint a full story. And I think the media often makes it seem as if well, we've got the video, so it should be clear cut, but it's not always that way. Um, so and like the in this scenario, we, we've there's footage and this stuff, but we still don't really know exactly what went on. So it is still we have yeah. to be patient and wait for the facts. Yeah, and indeed. And of course, we can be praying for all the families involved here in this and yeah. and for um, for recovery for Mr. Alba there and um, a lot of implications there. And um, another story that's causing a lot of conversation, this one um, with an alleged religious cult out of Australia who refused to treat they're now deceased eight-year-old girl with she had diabetes they claim god would heal her without medical intervention trey what's uh, going on with this one yeah so i mean it's a it is the heartbreaking story but uh, 12 members of an alleged religious cult out of queensland australia uh, they faced court this week after a couple that was part of the part of the cult uh, their eight-year-old daughter who had type 1 diabetes passed away because she reportedly wasn't treated uh, said the little girl, her name is Elizabeth Rose, she was found dead in her family's home uh, after, according to police, her parents did not give her the insulin, the medication that she needed. Uh, instead, authorities claimed her parents and 12 other members of the small cult uh, believed that she would just be healed solely through prayer. Uh, they held religious services where they sang songs and chanted uh, and recited prayers, believing that that alone would heal her. 
Uh, so, you know, I think one of the many heartbreaking things about this story is that as Christians, we know that God can and absolutely does perform miraculous healings, but he also gave us minds and he gave us the ability to reason and to invent uh, and to explore. And one of the blessings of his common grace, which is you know, grace that's available to all of humankind, whether you're believers or not, uh, is the marvel of modern medicine. Uh, you know, the ability that we have to treat illnesses like diabetes and to correct our lifestyles is a great example of what is meant by James 1.17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So, look, I think that's something that we can kind of remember and, and keep in, in context as we go through the story. So, as for Elizabeth Rose, her body was discovered January 11th. Uh, her parents, Jason and Carrie, were arrested shortly thereafter. And then on Tuesday of this week, other members of the alleged cult uh, were taken into custody and they now await trial. Uh, police told local outlets this week all of the 12 arrested were aware of the child's condition, uh, were, they, uh, were there at the address, and did not take any steps to provide medical assistance to the child. So all of them purportedly believed that they needed only to pray because God, quote, 100% promised healing uh, throughout Scripture, which he does promise healing, uh, but that healing comes in God's time. You know, it could be now, it could be in eternity. And like I said just a, a few seconds ago, he's given us the ability to treat some of these issues on this side of heaven. Uh, and I think we have a responsibility to do that. So it's a complicated story that has, like you said, Dan, sparked a whole lot of conversation. As far as future court dates, those have not yet been announced, but it's something that I'm sure we'll be following at CBN and Faithwire. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. And, and you're right, Trey, about the healing being on the other side of eternity. And it's very clear. I mean, if you just watch life happening, God obviously does not heal every single brokenness on this planet. That's just not the goal right now uh, for whatever reason. I don't know his plan beyond this. So so it's tough that someone would take a misinterpretation that far and have such a tragic result. This just reminds me of why we have to have good theology, why it's essential for us mm. to you know, just ensure that we understand what Scripture is telling us, that we're in communities that can help guide us, that everything that we're saying we believe and that we think is true is actually lining up with the truth. That, that to me, is the core when I hear these kinds of stories, because all sorts of spiritual issues and abuses can happen if and when things are not lined up with where they should be. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Again, that's another place where we can be praying uh, for sure for that family, even though they made that mistake, you know, we still should pray for them in the midst of their loss. So, um, all right. I don't think anyone loves McDonald's more than me. I'm probably their number one uh, customer there. And now there's a McDonald's worker who is inspiring other customers and her community by sharing her faith and prayer with those who visit a restaurant. I need to know where this McDonald's is, Billy. Well, first of all, Chick-fil-A is weeping right now over <laughs> your allegiance to McDonald's. Uh, but secondly, this is in Mississippi, so nowhere near you, Dan. You're going to have to travel uh, right away. But it might be worth traveling there when you hear this I, story. I because think so. Yeah, this is, this is a unique one. It's Brenda Wilson. And before we even get into it, I just want to preface this story with the fact that 
you know, so often it's the simple things that we do that have the biggest impact on people. Yeah. And what Brenda does, she works at McDonald's in Mississippi. She inspires customers. She inspires her community by sharing her faith and praying with people who visit her restaurant. Now, her story is getting out because there was a photo of her doing this sort of impromptu prayer with a customer. And this is a regular customer at McDonald's. Um, and this photo of the prayer and this Facebook post of the woman explaining it, that sort of got out there and then local media started covering it. And Brenda's just got an amazing story herself, but she said, here's why, here's why she stops customers and prays with them. She said, because all things are possible through Jesus Christ. If I didn't have God, ain't no way these folks are going to stand here and let me pray through the drive-thru and hold up their times. We have times that we have to go through, but he allows me 15 seconds which with each one that I pray with. It's like when they leave and they have tears in their eyes, I know God touched your heart. Now, she feels called to just stop customers randomly and pray with them. And there was one customer, the one I mentioned in that photo, Dylan Brooke, who had this very thing happen to her. She wrote this Facebook post last month saying that Brenda stopped her while she was going to get a drink. She usually goes to the drive-thru, and she, and she knew who Brenda was. But she went inside this one day, and she stopped her and said, look, God told me I needed to pray with you. And so they just started praying right then and there. And, and Brooke said there were some really interesting things that happened. She'd been facing some struggles and that Brenda knew what those struggles were. Like she, she somehow, God sort of just gave her this information. She was able to pray right over her very struggles, issues that she could have not known anything about and to provide comfort. And just like all the other customers, um, Dylan Brooke left in tears after this positive tears that Brenda could inspire her so much. Um, so that's just one of the stories. Lots of other amazing stories there. And Brenda talked about her own story, her own journey of how when she was a child, she said she overdosed when she was three and a half years old. And mm. we don't know the circumstances of that. But she said when she was seven years old, God called her to share her testimony when she was that young of going through all of this. And she talked about as she was overdosing, the doctor said, you know, and she's like, I was only three years old, but I remember it, that he said word for word, God is going to use her. She's going to be something special. And she remembered thinking as a child, God doesn't love me. How could he care about me? My mom abused me. He's allowed all these crazy things to happen to me. And yet years later, she kind of resisted God, eventually came into God's calling on her life. And here she is now. Yeah, she's working a job at McDonald's and using all of the time she possibly can to inspire people. She said she starts every day with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your, all your ways and he will direct your path. That she prays that each in every day. So it's just an amazing story of making a difference in people's life. And it's getting attention for all the right reasons. Man, that is fantastic. I love it. I love McDonald's and I love uh, this <laughs> woman being so bold and praying with people. I mean, that's, that's how we should be living. And, um, you know, when we have opportunities like that, it, it kind of convicts you, at least me a little bit to hear somebody using their interactions they have with people like that on a, on a day to day, day basis. It's really great. Yeah. You know, I think it's a perfect example of somebody who is serving the Lord wherever she is. Right. I think that's, that, that's fantastic. I think it's a good reminder. So often we, we kind of mystify God's will. I think God's will is just for us to, to wherever we are, to live out our lives in a way that would honor and glorify him. And that's what she's doing. It doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Uh, mm -hmm. So kudos for her for just 
doing the right thing, for waking up as a believer and saying, look, this is where I am. This is where God has me. How can I serve him here? Absolutely. All right. Great stuff there, guys. Thank you. And that leads us into our main thing for today. And we've got inflation at a 40-year high, and there's concerns as to if we've hit rock bottom or not. Well, John Stolness takes a closer look at some of the key economic indicators and what they're signaling could be ahead. This week, President Biden traveled to Red State, Ohio, a state Donald Trump won in 2016 and 2020, to tout work his administration has done to save pensions for certain blue-collar workers, part of his efforts to curb doubts about his leadership on the economy. Inflation, now at a 40-year high, is the number one concern among Americans in virtually every poll, and the president's party is looking at a very rough midterm elections unless there is a drastic turnaround soon. Joining me to talk about the state of the U.S. economy and to preview some important economic indicators coming down the next few days is CBN News financial editor Drew Parkhill. So later today, Drew, we're going to get this month's jobs report on data from June. And then next week, we're going to see the consumer price index data uh, for last month. And I know that the consumer price index data has been watched a little bit more closely in the last few months, simply because inflation has been at the top of everyone's worry list. But now with what the moves the Fed is making both now seem as though they're equally important. So what do we need to see from both of these numbers to get an indication that maybe things are turning around? First of all, um, with unemployment, it doesn't really kind of matter because uh, unemployment, John, is a lagging indicator. Unemployment can be really low and the economy is falling into a recession. But as a general rule, it kind of doesn't really matter. Unemployment, like when you're coming out of a recession, unemployment takes its time before it starts to come down. When you're going into a recession, unemployment can be really low and things can look really good, <laughs> but they're not. So unemployment is, is really not a bigger one. The CPI is going to be the more important one because that's the number one issue by far. There. Polls that have come out, um, even in recent days, have shown that that's still number one. Uh, there was a new poll that just came out in the last couple of days from Monmouth University, showed that inflation uh, was still the top issue for families. Abortion, which the Democrats have kind of tried to hang their hopes on since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Abortion was only number five. It was way down at 5%. So inflation is still number one. That's the big issue. What do we look for? We want it. We would like to see a lower a number lower than the 8% range we've had. However, one report does not a trend make. So we're going to have to start seeing a decline over time. All right. So understanding that it's going to take more than just one month of data for us to get a sense of where things are trending. Has there been any indications that inflation is getting any better? Yes. As a matter of fact, there have. Uh, and I'll give you one that hits everybody in the pocketbook, and that's gas prices. Gas prices peaked a few weeks ago at $5, a little over $5, but now they're down to $4.75. Now, there's two ways to look at that. Number one, that's down 5%, so that's nice. Number two, it's still $4.75, which really hits you in the pocketbook. So there are some signs that it may be peaking or have peaked. We don't know yet, but there are some indications that the worst, it's possible that the worst is behind us. Now, you mentioned that inflation is continuing to dog President Biden. It is still the top concern among most Americans. And there have been some reports that President Biden is reportedly considering lifting Trump era tariffs on Chinese goods. Could that help with any supply chain issues and inflation? And is it a good idea? It's debatable as to whether or not it's a good idea. It depends on which side of that fence you're on. Personally, I don't know if he's going to do it, but if he does, I don't think it's going to make any real 
major difference in the inflation rate. The president was in Cleveland, Ohio yesterday promoting a new rule that was part of the coronavirus relief package last year that would restore certain pensions that were set to either be partially or fully dissolved. And um, just 28 percent of Americans in the latest AP NORC poll approve of his handling of the economy. But he wanted to tout this, especially in a red state like Ohio, trying to get Democrats on board as basically saying, I'm doing something for you with re- with regard specifically to this issue. What more could he be doing to fix the issues at hand? Pretty much the opposite of what he's doing now, <laughs> to, be, to be somewhat <laughs> flippant, but to be honest, they helped bring this about big time. They spent money like, like crazy when they were told not to by their own top economists in the Democratic Party. That was a big problem. And they can't take that back now. That money's got to work its way through the system. Okay. So now they're talking about spending more money and they may pay for it at the polls. That's for sure. Even if he just came out and said, look, we're going to have a pro-energy policy, that would help the energy futures markets. Because, John, if uh, a stock XYZ comes out and they give what's called good guidance, meaning our earnings in the future are going to be good, well, their earnings aren't here yet, but you know they're coming, so you're going to buy that stock. Hmm. If we say, hey, we're going to open up for more drilling, then people know, okay, the drilling isn't starting now, but in the future, oil is going to be cheaper, so you know, that will affect the price of oil and so forth. So he could do some things that would help. I don't think he'll do any of them. Last thing for you, Drew, uh, there's a lot of talk about a recession. Some people have said we're in the recession right now, but I know there are economic indicators that clearly delineate when a recession has begun. So is it inevitable? Are we in a recession? When are we going to enter into a recession? Well, the Atlanta Fed, the Atlanta branch of the Federal Reserve has this thing called GDP now meaning tracking the economy now, the gross domestic product. And they are uh, basically forecasting that we're in a recession now in the second quarter because the first quarter was a downturn. um, And they're looking at a negative uh, 2% in the second quarter. That would be a recession. Now, people think that recession is two quarters of negative growth. Strictly speaking, it's not. A recession is determined by a group called a private sector group called the National Bureau of Economic Research. And they will not always know until they get all the info. They won't officially declare a recession until sometime, even after one is over, they'll say, oh, it started nine months ago. Mm-hmm. I think that without any question, we're going to have a slowdown. You'll see unemployment go up. How bad it's going to be, nobody really knows. We're in a little bit of uncharted territory here. But John, what I want to say and what I want people to understand The most important thing is, is that at some point, um, no thanks to the the current government in Washington, but at some point, there will be a handle on this inflation problem. Interest rates will balance out. At that point, the stock market, the stock market may have bottomed now. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance, but the stock market will start going up again. The second half of this decade, I expect the stock market and the economy to be extremely strong. The Dow's in the 30,000s now. It's going to go to 100,000. It's actually going to go way over 100,000 in the next 20 years. Inflation will moderate. Biden will run around saying, our program is working, even though he doesn't really have anything to do with it. And in fact, it's been negative for the economy. But you're going to see a much stronger economy in the second half of this decade. Very strong once inflation um moderates the technology sector. um, There's going to be a lot of advancements in technology in general and cloud computing and other types of computing and so forth. So the outlook longer term is positive. 
right now, you know, we're in a tough situation, but I don't say it's time to, but I mean, I'm looking beyond this. You know, you could see this coming, that there was going to be a market downturn. I knew that for, you know, nearly a year or so, but looking beyond it, John, the outlook is going to be very very good. So even though it's bad now, even though inflation's bad now, and inflation may drop a lot quicker than what people think. Uh, mm. In 1980, 1979, 80, inflation was uh, double digits, like 12, 13%, but it came down from um, 13 to 12% in 1980 down to uh, a little under 4% by 1982. And we had really intelligent policies from the Reagan administration, which we don't have now from Washington. But nonetheless, the longer-term yeah. outlook is very good. Well, here's hoping we can get through this inflation crisis without triggering a jobs crisis and a recession and all that. Some of the some of it may be inevitable, some of it may not be, and we'll just kind of wait and see how things go here. Listen, we are covering all angles of the economy and these issues that are most important to you on our website, cbnnews.com. Drew, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Sure thing, John, anytime. All right, John and Drew, thank you guys for that information. Really appreciate it. That leaves us with time for one last thing, guys. And uh, we just have to talk about these fireworks videos that have been coming out now. I mean, just a reminder for next year to please be safe. I think probably most people have seen it by now of the fireworks gone wrong in the front yard of someone's house that it basically almost blew up their minivan. I mean, what are these people thinking? They're not thinking. <laughs> I think mean, these are all real videos that have real stories. But I mean, they're circulating like crazy because... It's insane. I think I think for some reason at some point people just like stopped thinking fireworks were dangerous. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. There's another video that's circulating of this teen this teen boy who <laughs> set off a Pikachu like firework thing in his bedroom. It's like I don't know. It's they make for really funny videos. So I'm yeah, as long as nobody is hurt, right? Uh, then it's a it's a good laugh. So. It is a good laugh, especially the one, especially the one of the front yard that is caught on the ring camera because you can hear yes. like when you I've watched it multiple times now, and it's funny to listen to different things in it. Like you can hear one of the one of the people there going, "Oh no, it's not it's not going to go up." He's like, it's going to stay right there. And he sees what's happening and he's kind of announcing it. And then it just explodes right there. And then you hear another woman go, oh, who did that? And then as she's saying that, the whole pile of fireworks, which they geniusly placed under the car, pretty much, uh, it starts to explode. And I don't know what the damages were after that, but just Google it. You'll see it if you haven't seen it by now. It's, uh, it's worth it because I don't think anybody got hurt. And uh, now we can all laugh about their idiocy that didn't end up really harming anyone. But... <laughs> That's all That's all the time we have for uh, this week. And uh, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithware.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And Lord willing, and the creek don't rise and our fireworks don't explode in our faces, uh, we will be back here next week. So God bless. We'll see you then.